Good morning, good morning. So lovely to be here with you today. This is Brenda Shoshana, um, and the podcast Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Here we are back for the next episode, which is called Playing with Toys. <laughs> um, I love this particular concept, and I'm going to talk about it quite a bit today. Uh, it actually comes from Zen Master Uchiyama Roshi, and his quote is, When we are little, we play with toys. When we grow older, we want the real thing. Wow. The real thing. We could also have named the podcast for today, The Real Thing. But these are, you know, it's toys are toys. The real thing is the real thing. It can be a little difficult (laughs) to differentiate between the two. Sometimes we think something is real, but it's not. It's, it's a toy. It'll break. It'll, we'll tire of it. We'll want to get the newest version of it. When I was talking and thinking about toys, I was thinking how many of us, including myself, of course, have so many things that we cling to that we feel we must have that gives us pleasure. It's fun. Or we base our life around it, trying to get it. Sometimes it's clearly just something like a new car or a uh, bracelet, a pair of shoes. Sometimes it's something a little more, what seems, seems substantial. The word is seems, a new home, um, furnishings. Of course, I'm not at all saying there's anything wrong with having these things. They're important. They're fun. They're good. And, and they're the props. I would use the word the props of a very nice life. But the difficulty comes when we don't see them as props or as toys, but instead we see them as vital, essential, crucial. We make it the centerpiece of our life. And for many, all their energy goes into gathering these objects. You become focused. We can become addicted to them. We can become obsessed. Oh, my God, if I don't get that dress, I can't go to the party. I won't be as good as someone else who has the dress. Or if I don't get that home or the new car. And it actually becomes our identity, the way we define ourselves. And and you can see many, many crashing up against the rocks, so to speak, when they don't attain these so-called uh, objects or toys. You know, something, tr- the very nature of a toy is that when we're finished with it, we want the latest updated version. It doesn't really last forever. It gives us pleasure of, or fun for a while, but then it ultimately, it uses, it, it wears out its welcome. It's enough. We want the next one, the next iPhone, the next updated pocketbook, or whatever it is that we are playing with. Unfortunately, this way of relating to life and to Objects can also be true of relationships. A relationship can become a toy. And again, when it ceases to give us pleasure or fill the bill or when we're looking for the newest updated version of of our partner, and we discard that as well, the person or the relationship as well. It's used up. It's done. I'm moving on. You hear that all the time. Time to move on. And which is not to say we don't move on in life, but it's an orientation towards our very existence as if it's here to make me happy and I want the 
most shiny, the biggest, the brightest, the best. And that's what we define our goals and our activities around. So that's why Uchiyama comes and says to us, when we're young, we play with toys. Everything is a toy. We have fun. We throw it away. We get another shiny toy. But when we're older, which means as we see this pattern, as we realize that these toys aren't giving us really ongoing or profound or deep satisfaction, they're momentary. And a momentary satisfaction can last a few years even. We, we begin to yearn for something for the real thing, Uchiyama says. Something I would define as more fundamental, more integral to who we are. Something actually which isn't going to disappoint us, which we're not going to want to throw away and get the latest updated version of it. The real thing, this is a koan. The real thing is deeply nourishing just by itself. And we don't have to compare ourselves to someone else. Do they have it? Is our real thing as good as theirs? Not at all, because the real thing is real. It's just real for everyone. There's plenty of it for all. There's actually no competition for it. You actually can't lose it once you find it, because it's real. There it is. It's not part of the things that come and go in our lives. It's the real thing. It's actually the foundation upon which we can live, where we can stand with our own two feet on solid ground. Even though it might be shifting, it's solid ground because it's real. We're not trying to prop it up, make it pretty, make it shiny. It's real. Some relationships we have are real. They're just there for us and for themselves. They're real doesn't mean we might not have disagreements or difficulty at times, but there's something fundamental that sustains us and sustains the relationship sustains itself. That force is not man-made. It's not a toy. When we run into it, when we have a taste of it, when we have an encounter with it, it's extremely healing and surprising sometimes. I had that happen with a taxi driver the other day. I was in the taxi, we were driving along, and we had such an incredibly meaningful exchange. It was real. It was natural. It was organic. It made my day. What made that encounter and those words so nourishing and so uplifting? It was the real thing. Now, I can't say, I don't want to say, we cannot define or limit what the real thing is in your life. That's where the beauty of Zen comes in, where we don't define it per se, but where we do experience it for ourselves. And each one, dwell upon that, look for that, understand that, the difference between that and that which is just transient, breakable, losable. One of the exercises I'd like to offer in keeping with this is just to stop a moment and say, well, what's real in your life? What moments come? What people come? What, what comes? What is it that gives you that sense of that you can settle here? Ah, this is truly a place of calm, of peace, of meaning. You're touched. Something touches you. Usually when the real thing comes, you know, we don't have to struggle for it. It's right there. 
We don't have to be good to deserve it. We we don't afraid of losing it. It's like when a beautiful wind blows, the breeze blows when we're warm and we're sitting under a tree and suddenly, ah, what a beautiful breeze. Oh my, what a moment. Oh, ah, what a beautiful person. What a moment. Or that, so the real thing comes by itself. We don't have to grasp it. We don't have to really search outside all over. It comes when we are in the state of mind to actually receive it and taste it and enjoy it. So I would, this for this week, let's look at what are the toys we play with in our lives. I don't mean this in an insulting way at all. But it's very good to define it for what it is. Thich Nhat Hanh has a beautiful quote, Call me by my true name. Call a thing what it is so we'll really know what it is we're really interacting with. It's very helpful to say, oh, this is a toy. It takes a lot of the urgency out of it in terms of having it, holding it. I must have this new dress. Well, really, is that true? Is this a prop? A toy or a prop. Something will give you immediate or passing pleasure, sense of well-being. But it won't last, and it's not real. I mean, in the terms of a real thing. So take a look at what are those toys that you are demanding of life, that you are maybe putting a lot of time and energy into attaining, including maybe a relationship. Is is it real? Is it organic? Is it plentiful? Is it there for you? What makes it what makes it really sustainable and valuable? This is the question that we're really asking, and that's a lovely exercise. And then just me may not have an answer about what's real, but start noticing moments that do feel real and healing and helpful and beautiful. Notice them. And recognize it and enjoy it. And maybe every day spend more and more time encountering that which is real or devoted to that which is real. Maybe a little less time in grasping and clinging to that which isn't or putting all your energy into trying to attain something which is a toy. So that's just something I'm offering for today. I, I want to thank you so much for listening and for your beautiful emails. They're very, very wonderful to exchange with you. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And also, you know, there are some very nice audiobooks and other books that you can find online uh, that I've written. One is called Fearless. It's an interesting book. It really is a way to dispel different fears. And I'm going to be on this Tuesday night coming up. Next Tuesday night, I'll be at White Plains offering a talk at the White Plains Zendo, which is at the St. Bartholomew's Church on Prospect Street. I'll be there at 7 from 7.30 to 9, a talk. I'd love to see you if you're in the area and you want to come on up. Come on up and join us. It's a lovely Zendo run by Russ Mitchells and um, whiteplainszen.org. Okay. So thanks a lot for being here. We will soon be announcing, as I mentioned before, the new podcast called Worry Free. It's going to be fun. It'll be related to this one, connected, and um, I have more tools to offer you and more guidance, which is a slightly 
different orient is also Zen, but it's Zen and releasing and Zen and your everyday life more go- oriented toward letting go and seeing what it is that really allows you to live a life that's fully alive and fully healed. So again, I thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to see you and to speak to you. And um, you can, the website for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com and my personal website, www.brendashoshana with two N's, S-H-O-S-H-A-N-N-A.com. I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>